the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Monday, March the 23rd, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1743, Handel's Messiah was first performed in London. Hallelujah. King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Love that. Today on March 23rd, 1933, the German Reichstag adopted the Enabling Act. It effectively granted Adolf Hitler dictatorial powers. Today, in 1775, Patrick Henry delivered an address to the Virginia Provincial Convention in which he said, among many other things, Give me liberty or give me death. Today, in 1806, explorers Meriwether Lewis and William Clark, they'd reached the Pacific Coast, spent some time out here, mostly around the mouth of the Columbia River on both sides, Washington and Oregon side. They decided today in 1806 it was time to head home, so they started their journey back east. Today in 1857, Elisha Otis installed the first modern elevator in a public building in New York City. Today in 1903, the Wright brothers applied and obtained a patent for what they called the airplane. Today, in 1993, scientists announced they'd found the gene that causes Huntington's disease. Big leap forward in medical research. Today, in 2011, actress Elizabeth Taylor died in Los Angeles. She was 79 years old. Elizabeth Taylor said a lot of quotable things over the years. Many people were enamored with her. I was not, but I thought she was an interesting person. But among the things that she's often quoted as saying is that someone once said to her in an interview on television, Elizabeth, you have everything. Her response, she said, I don't have tomorrow. I think that's, I don't go around quoting Elizabeth Taylor very often, but I think that's worthy of mention. Ten years ago today, claiming a historic triumph, President Barack Obama signed a $938 billion health care overhaul that became known, of course, as Obamacare, but he declared a new season in America. A new season takes more than simply a declaration. It comes about as a result of many things. We're in very difficult times today in America and around the world. There's a lot of things that are pulling at us, our families, our persons, our emotions, our fears, our concerns, our doubts. It's all there. And yet there are some in the culture that aren't taking this all that seriously, apparently. Did you see any of those pictures in the media? Tens of thousands of kids on the beach in Florida running around in their bikinis and whatever. And we're all supposed to 
be social distancing. Boy, the kids I saw, they weren't six feet apart. Even in the parks in Seattle yesterday, the police had to go out. <laughs> People were all over the place, hanging out in big groups. The police had to go out to the parks yesterday and, and Saturday as well. And they used those loudspeakers, those bullhorn things, you know, as some of the police cars have those mounted. I mean, they're they're part of the car. Some are, are portable. But they were using those loudspeakers trying to enforce social distancing, as we have come to call it. One police officer was yelling, very upset. And right, I mean, right, understandably. He said, your current conduct is placing yourself and your fellow Seattleites in danger. And they were, some people were laughing at him. But another police officer said, lack of voluntary compliance could result in full closure of all parks, which will eventually result in trespasses and possibly criminal prosecution. So there's, there's a divide among us in our culture. There's a large group, and for the most part, most of America is taking this rather serious, this idea of not hanging out together and, you know, breathing on each other and everything for a couple of weeks, and then we can go back to our whatever, if, uh, supposedly. But the there is a group within the group of people in America that really aren't taking it. It is the young, primarily, but it's some of the older people as well. It's, well, I, I see these images. I look at a lot of media in preparation for these daily programs that we do here live this morning, each morning. And I look at a lot of stuff. I mean, some that I'm just marginally interested in, but I, I see these pictures all the time where somebody will walk up to a kid and I mean, they're all, usually it's 20 something. And there's one kid I've seen that played over and over again, but the, the police walk up to him. I think it was in Florida, somewhere along the Southern coast somewhere. And they said, man, aren't you afraid of, of getting coronavirus? He was hanging out with a bunch of kids. The car was full of kids and everything. And the guy looks at me, he says, no, I don't care. He said, I'm not going to get it, but if I do, I'll get over it. I don't care. And the, the police officer said, well, aren't you concerned that you'll give it to somebody else? He said, no, not really. I don't care about somebody else. Uh, so we, we live in some interesting times, to say, <clears throat> to say the least. New report out across the nation. I noticed Washington State Department of Health announced yesterday afternoon there's 269 newly confirmed cases of the virus bringing the state total to 1,996 cases, including 95 deaths. The bulk of these cases remain in King County, which has seen 1,040 people fall ill and 75 people die. But the count continues. In fact, there's a website now. In fact, I'll, I'll put it on one of my daily articles that we put out, Faith and Freedom Daily. It's It has a, a national, a world, and then you can click to a, and it just tells you what's going on. I mean, how many people have are on record as having um, the virus and how many have died and all that kind of information if you want to follow it. We don't report it on this program regularly. Some news people do, but we try to sort of keep up with it and see what the, where the trend is going. It has not begun to trend down yet, although we hope and pray that it will. You're going to be hearing some news today, and I wanted to just touch on that for a moment. I'm going to talk to you about something a little bit different, but Yesterday was not a good day in Congress. It was, 
bipartisan support seemed to be in play until Nancy Pelosi put on the brakes. There's this massive coronavirus stimulus package. And whether you agree with that or not, and I got to be honest with you, I always have a little pause when I see the government taking, I mean, even if it's a president that I have some trust in economically, for sure, Trump is doing a great job. And most people agree with that, by the way. The, the polls are, are incredible. I'm going to touch on that in a moment. But even if it's conservatives or Republicans or people in running the government that I personally trust, it always gives me pause when the government takes too large a role in people's lives. But however you might feel about the stimulus package, it's probably the right thing to do. I I mean, I I don't know. I'm following it closely. But I do know we have severe problems here in, in the country and it wasn't caused by anyone other than maybe China by not releasing news and not putting it out there sooner than they did. But this taking on a life of its own for sure, and it's impacting all of our lives. But an aide stepped outside of a closed-door meeting yesterday and told The Hill, which is a pretty reliable, it's a very reliable news source, and they're kind of middle of the road. I mean, they're not really conservative, but they're not way out there. They're not a mouthpiece for the far-left progressives, for sure. But the aide said the big deal that was going on behind the closed doors is that it's over, uh, basically, Planned Parenthood. Medicaid, from being eligible for a small business administration assistance that's offered under this plan that they're trying to get through, this economic stimulus. Planned Parenthood is identified as a nonprofit, not a small business, not small, but not a small business designation. So Nancy Pelosi is trying to push through a bill that includes millions and millions and millions of dollars for Planned Parenthood. I mean, that is the bottom line. So she realized yesterday, Sunday, that she wasn't succeeding at that because Thank God there are Republicans that are conservative, and quite a number of them, and they were just standing against it, even though urgency is the the word of the day to get something done and start to move forward. Or our, our, the, the economy is going to collapse in our, in our country. I mean, it's that bad. I think we all see that. So Nancy Pelosi, in the midst of all of this, basically said, I'm not quoting her, but she basically said, if you don't give Planned Parenthood a bunch of money, I'm going to stop this bill from proceeding. And she did. She said, she announced yesterday afternoon, she said, I will be moving ahead with my own emergency relief package. And she says that as Speaker of the House. So the full House, it isn't unanimously behind her, but the majority of the House is her people. They're Democrats, they're progressives. And they better fall in line and they better support her or they'll pay the consequences. And they know that. So now she's going to be coming up with her own bill that will that will basically be a Christmas for Planned Parenthood. The Senate Republicans, the White House, they've insisted that they will continue to push for this economic relief package. But I want you to know that you won't be hearing that as clearly as I just said it. But that's the way it is. In regards to, now, there are other issues. I'm not saying that's the only issue, but that is a driving issue. It is all about giving Planned Parenthood a bunch of money under the guise of an emergency stimulus plan for America. 
Nancy Pelosi seems to not care as much about people dying and the economy collapsing as she does keeping Planned Parenthood propped up with millions of dollars, of your dollars, basically taxpayer dollars. Her announcement is an indication that she will not simply, as she said she would do, be taking up the Senate bill and moving it forward on a unanimous consent basis, which is the quickest way to get something approved in the House. That also means that the House may be forced back into session. A lot of the lawmakers are afraid to be in that group because every day or so we're hearing some more elected officials are positive with coronavirus. Ted Cruz and others, you know, I mean, we're hearing all this stuff. Kimberly Strassel's with the Wall Street Journal. She was tweeting yesterday afternoon. I was I was looking at what she was saying. She said the Senate bill is bipartisan. It was assembled with Democrat input from day one. Everyone understands the need for liquidity and business dollars that get out fast and stop more layoffs. She said the Democrats also got plenty from the unemployment plus up medical surge. But she said now they claim it's not enough. And she went on then and, and tweeted another time. She said Pelosi's balk. Now that I just mentioned, she's basically stopping the progress. And you won't hear, you just won't hear that articulated in the news. Or if so, it's highly unlikely, but if so, it'll be cast in a very different tone. And I'll, I'll tell you what you can expect to hear in a moment about this on the news today, if you watch it or listen to it. But Kimberly, uh, and she's considered a pretty bright mind. She's with, as I said, the Wall Street Journal. She said, Pelosi's balk is naked is a naked attempt to cottage more last-minute money. She's playing politics in a crisis, which is almost as bad as when Elizabeth Warren was talking about getting more money for Planned Parenthood when she was running for president and creating this like a corporate slush fund for Planned Parenthood so they could do whatever they wanted to do. I mean, it's it's amazing. And she, she um, Strassel's, she says, this is toxic. Um, well, it is toxic, I guess, if you use that word. But um, two weeks ago, it came to light that Pelosi was trying to do this. She was trying to ensure that the Hyde Amendment, the loophole, was included in an earlier coronavirus economic stimulus proposal. And that died as it was written at the time because of that. Now we're back to that again. And while well, the world is burning, basically being shut down. But here's what's being said, and here's what you probably will hear some version of today on the news or tomorrow when they catch up with this. Some some news sources are really slow. I mean, honestly, they're not on it. But here's what you will probably hear today from even the networks, probably, some version of this. Pelosi and Planned Parenthood and other members of the abortion lo- lobby came out this morning, and they're telling the press that the Republicans are holding up the emergency bill to promote their anti-abortion agenda. You think about that for a moment. That is a blatant lie. She's trying to take money that isn't included in this bill. It isn't like Planned Parenthood has been specially targeted. Any nonprofit is not going to get some of this money that's going to be passed around. We're a nonprofit organization, this ministry. Boy, we won't get any of it, nor should we. But Pelosi is criticizing Republican leaders 
She said, families have needs. She said, we need to help families right now. So she's attaching urgency to a bill that she is blocking, and she's blaming Republicans because she says, and let me quote it again, she said, because they are promoting their anti-abortion agenda. You will hear today in the news that the bill, the much-needed bill, the much-needed stimulus to save Americans, to save lives, to save families is being held up by conservatives who are trying to advance their anti-abortion agenda and using this crisis to advance their anti-abortion agenda. That's simply a total lie from beginning to end. It's sad, but it's true. That's the world we live in politically. We're gripped by fear today. I've not seen, in my lifetime, I've not seen this kind of fear so spread across the culture. 72% of people in America today are saying, I'm not afraid that I'm going to get the virus. I don't want to get it, but I'm not afraid that I'm going to get it. 72%. It's almost three and four. Yet in a 90%, in poll after poll after poll, people are saying, I'm paralyzed by fear. Figure that out. I, I, I mean, it's amazing. I'm not afraid, 72%. I'm not afraid I'm going to get the virus. But somehow I'm paralyzed by fear. And some of the, some of the numbers I've seen on some of the polls taken, are you fearful? Yes, is in the 90%. So we're pretty much all scared to death, but we're not only 72%. I mean, 72% of us say, but I'm not afraid I'll get the virus. Well, what are you afraid of then? I think we're afraid of the unknown. I want to talk to you about that for a moment today, and we'll get through as much of this as we can. I want to thank you for your support. We need it. We need it now. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Your support allows us to be on the radio every day. And um, without it, we just won't be here. So thank you in advance for writing the check and standing with us. These are difficult times in many respects. We need your support. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. If you're a new listener... We, and you approve of and you believe in what we're trying to do here each day live, thank you for stepping up and helping us do it, becoming part of the team. We need you. I need you. So thank you so much. Just when everything seemed to be going well, at least for conservatives and Christians, unemployment was down, a robust record-breaking economy, a president who actually is paying attention to the social issues that most of us biblical Christians feel are very, very important, pro-life, marriage, family, human sexual relationships. God created male and female in his image, not transgender, evolving animals, all of this stuff. But now everything has changed. And I think it's changed that people are fearing even more than getting the virus itself, according to the polls. A few days before we all started kind of staying out of the public and staying away from groups as best we could or self-quarantining or whatever, I heard a guy in a store say, somebody moved my cheese. And the guy with him, as they were walking past, the guy said, what does that mean? 
A few years ago, Spencer Johnson, he's a medical doctor, he wrote a little book titled Who Moved My Cheese? It's a lighthearted little book, but it became a timeless business classic. It was intended for business. It's not a Christian book. It's just about change. It sold over 30 million copies now. Dr. Johnson uses a little simple parable in it. Two mice, Sniff and Scurry, and two little people called him and Haw. He uses these characters to address the most difficult challenge in people's life, and that is change. Dr. Johnson said it would be easy if you had a map to the maze, if the same old routines work, if they just stop moving the cheese. <laughs> but things keep changing, he says. Well, a little virus called a corona. Those are so small that they say you can put dozens, maybe hundreds of them on the pin, on the head of a pin. They're little tiny. You can't see them. <laughs> but that little virus has changed the whole world. Basically shut down the world as we've known it. But we must not forget in the day in which we live that there is a map to the maze. Yes, things are changing. The culture's changing. Everything is changing. But the map will not change. There's a political shift, major changes in political behavior. I, On the article that I write every day, Faith and Freedom Daily, it's widely read, and I'm honored. I'm, I'm, I'm humbled by how effective and how well-received that has become over the in recent years, particularly. But in there, I talk about this. I talk about change and about political change and spiritual change, which we'll get to in a moment. But in there, I included some of the polls. There's a number of polls out there, and there's, there's kind of a consistency in all the polls that I've been looking at. One is that approval of Trump is growing dramatically, and major changes in public behavior has changed from week before last to last week. We'll see what happens this week. Hopefully that trend will continue. People are beginning to get it. Not the kids I've been talking about and the people in the park in Seattle yesterday, but people are getting this, and they're beginning to sort of wake up and say, boy, this is real, isn't it? Week before last... 72% of people in America said, no, I'm not, I haven't changed any part of my life. Week before last. Last week, 73% of America said, yeah, I've changed a lot of things in my life. I'm changing my life. I'm reordering my life. That is a dramatic change when you're looking at millions, hundreds of millions of people. One week, 72% say, I haven't changed anything. 26% said, yeah, I've changed a few things as a result of the virus. One week later, seven days later, 73% say, yeah, I've changed almost everything as far as what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and when I'm doing it. And 28% said that they had not yet changed their life. That's marks the dramatic shift and change that we've experienced over the last 14 days. A recent poll published by Harris Axios from week to week is showing other polls that America is rallying behind President Trump in the way he's handling the, the nation's affairs. 
Many in the media, the progressive left, are still trying to undermine the president on every term. Nancy Pelosi's doing it probably as I speak this morning, right now. She certainly was doing it yesterday. Joe Biden is out there trying to whack the president with every little ounce of energy he has. But the overall approval rate is, is ticking up. It's 50, it was 53%, like on Thursday or Friday. Some polls over the weekend showed 55%. The way he's handling the virus, 56% approve. The way he's stimulating jobs in America, 60% approve. These are not polls taken before the virus. These are taken within the last few days. Fighting terrorism, 58%. Immigration, 53%. Approval. All of these are approvals. So the guy that so many people hate, and they do hate him, America is generally a majority, is supporting him on nearly every issue, administrating the government, 51%. All of these numbers keep ticking up from week to week because people's, uh, uh, apparently, people's respect and assurance that he's doing a good job at what he's doing is growing. ABC News, ISPAS, poll they chose it was released friday 55 percent of americans give the president a thumbs up and it goes on and on but the fear of the unknown and the fear of change and the idea for many people that there is no map through this this maze of life how am i going to deal with it i'm not afraid of the virus i'm just afraid of the environment that the virus has created Max Licato, a well-known author, I don't agree with some of the positions he takes politically, I can tell you for sure, but he's a well-known Christian writer. He was talking this weekend, he says, we never lived in a time like this. This is unprecedented, yet the Bible tells us that times have been bizarre before. If you open your Bible and you read about pestilence and fear and dark times, the Bible is written for times like this. Well, he's right. Absolutely it is. I think this is a time, he says, where we need to be feeding our faith. If you feed your faith, your fears will starve. If you feed your fears, your faith will starve. He says the news media is filled with negative stories, and we consume those stories endlessly, and we don't we don't guard our hearts. It will create anxiety and fear that will suck us down, and that's exactly what happens. He knows 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul exhorts believers to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This means we, we hear that thought, then we begin to pray. I know it seems things are getting worse, but Lord, you are in control. And we say that every day on this program. God is in control. I'm not going to surrender to Satan's attack to kill and destroy. I'm going to focus on the fact that God is in control because he is in control. And I think another thing, and Lakato touches on this, I think we should be asking ourselves, what is God saying to us through this time? And he's not the only one that's saying that. Anne Graham Lotz, daughter of Billy Graham, she says she believes this new coronavirus might be a sign of the end times. She's stressing the importance of making sure that we're right with God so that we're ready to meet him whenever that time comes. She's well known for who she is and what she says, but she's also known that she's at risk uh, for the disease because of her age and her recent struggles with cancer. She says, but I'm more concerned about the fear the coronavirus has provoked than I am about the virus itself. We seem to be caught up in this national panic. She said, Jesus warned us that in the end of time, there would be pestilence. In the last few years, she says, we've endured SARS and swine flu and Ebola and avian flu and MERS and West Nile and now coronavirus. 
This is a time to pray for ourselves, our families, our nation, and all of those worldwide whose lives are being devastated by the death and disruption of this disease. This is a time to get it right with God. 